Welcome to Your Health To Go, brought to you by Demystifying Your Health, providing the clarity that you need. I'm Ashley Wood, registered nurse and author, your host. In each episode, we take a health topic that's important to you and break it down into easy to understand information. We also discuss the most common treatments and preventative techniques. Thank you for joining me today. Let's get started. Today's topic is SIDS. If you're a new parent, you've probably heard stories about infants who have died suddenly and for no apparent reason. Obviously, this is very concerning and may have you wondering what you can do to prevent this from happening to your child. What things should you do to decrease the chances of it happening? What causes it to occur? Are there treatments for it? Sudden Infant Death Syndrome, or SIDS, is when a seemingly healthy child who is less than a year old dies unexplainably. Most often, it occurs during sleep between the second and fourth month of life. The cause is unknown, but there are several factors that are thought to make an infant more vulnerable. The factors are divided into two groups, physical and environmental. One of the main physical factors is a brain defect where the portion of the brain that regulates breathing and awakening from sleep hasn't matured enough to work appropriately. Some other physical factors include low birth weight, being born prematurely, being part of a multiple birth, which is like twins or triplets, or having a recent respiratory infection. There are several environmental factors that can contribute to SIDS. Babies are at a higher risk if they sleep on their stomachs or side, or if they're sleeping on a soft surface like a fluffy blanket or a soft mattress. If a baby shares a bed with their parents, siblings, or pets, they're at an elevated risk. Also, if a baby becomes overheated, they're more likely to develop the disorder. Some other factors are being a boy, non-white, having a family history of SIDS, and exposure to secondhand smoke. There are maternal risk factors during pregnancy that can increase the risk as well. These include maternal age under 20, use of nicotine, drugs, or alcohol while pregnant, and inadequate prenatal care. Unfortunately, there isn't a treatment for SIDS. While resuscitative efforts are usually tried, most of the time they are not successful. The best thing to do is to follow prevention techniques in order to keep your baby safe. If you have any concerns or questions about which techniques are best for you and your baby, you should talk to your child's doctor. If you've experienced the devastating loss of a child due to SIDS, it's essential to get emotional support. Often, parents feel guilty in addition to grief. Since the situation involves a death of a child, most areas require a mandatory police investigation, which, while necessary, can be significantly overwhelming in an already difficult circumstance. It's a good idea to talk to a trusted friend or family member, counselor, or clergy. Another option is joining a support group. It's key to communicate with family and friends your feelings because they most likely want to help in any way that they can but don't know how to offer it. Obviously, going through a tragedy like this can place an incredible amount of strain on your relationship with your significant other. So being open with them as much as possible is critical. The most important thing to remember is that it takes time to heal, so allow yourself time to grieve. There are many things that you can do to decrease the chances of your child having SIDS. 
one of the most significant is always to place your baby on their back when they're sleeping. You should do this every time that they're asleep for the first year of their life. If your child attends daycare or is being babysat by someone, make sure to insist that your child needs to sleep on their back no matter what. The other key element is keeping their sleeping area safe. By using a firm mattress without fluffy padding, pillows, or stuffed animals in the crib. Make sure your baby is warm, but not overheated, by using a sleeping sack or clothing that doesn't require them to need additional covers and definitely do not cover their head. While your baby shouldn't sleep in your bed, if they're sleeping in your room, they're less likely to have SIDS. You should do this for at least their first six months of life, preferably for the first year. Breastfed babies are also less likely to suffer from SIDS, so if possible, breastfeed for at least six months. Using a pacifier anytime your baby is sleeping may reduce the chances as well. If you're breastfeeding, wait to offer the pacifier until your child is three to four weeks old and settled into a nursing routine. Keep in mind that if your baby isn't interested in the pacifier, don't force it. Also, if the pacifier falls out of their mouth while they're sleeping, don't put it back in. Don't rely on monitors and devices that claim to reduce the risk of SIDS because most are ineffective or have safety issues. In addition, there is some evidence that indicates immunizations can help prevent SIDS, so try to keep your baby on the recommended vaccination schedule. SIDS is not something you want to experience. The good news is there are plenty of things that you can do to help minimize your baby's risk. If you have any questions or concerns about SIDS, please speak with your child's doctor. If you would like more information, please visit the American SIDS Institute's page. Thank you for spending some time with me today. If you found the material to be valuable and helpful, please tell your friends about us. We're on social media, so like and follow us there to stay up to date on our latest information. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter on our website. Stay healthy, and please join us next time on Your Health To Go. Now, time for the legal statement. Please keep in mind that the content we provide is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified competent health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on Your Health To Go or seen on the Demystifying Your Health site. Demystifying Your Health does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, physicians, products, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned. Reliance on any information provided by Demystifying Your Health, its employees, others appearing at the invitation of Demystifying Your Health, or other visitors to the site is solely at your own risk. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. <laughs>